0: Where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the
1: matches. I'm Matt. I'm here, standing by my men. And I'm having deja vu.
0: Welcome to episode 241, WWF Monday Night Raw. Raw! Ah. Wonder what'll happen on this show.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, something. We're watching a Raw, so something good's gotta happen. It's the night after a... In Your House, a pay-per-view. Hopefully there's something good here. I'd hate to watch this for Mm -hmm. no reason.
0: Me too. (laughs) Because I can guarantee we're going to have a lot more of these Raws and Nitros.
1: Yep. Coming up on the Monday Night
0: War. But this is the 197th episode of Raw, produced by WWF. It would take place on February 17th, 1997, from the Nashville Arena. In Nashville, Tennessee, with a TV rating of 2.1. I'm
1: not sure what that really means at the time, but it's not bad. I do know
0: Nitro had a higher one. Yeah.
1: If anybody got a 2.1 today, it would probably be like... They'd be very happy.
2: Yes. but Because currently, I want to say Raw pulls 1.6, 1.7. Smackdown's usually 2 to 2.5. So does
1: 2.1 like, mean 2 million people or households? Or, is it, or I don't know how the rating
2: went. I don't know exactly yeah. how it works out. They got 2.1% of the televised viewers during that time frame. that's guess we'll say That's what it is. There you go. <laughs> Why not? But we are in Nashville. Yeah, we is. Back in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So Shane, did you do what you do? I kind of did. I... I... I switched it up a little bit. I mean, I guess when I did the In Your House, I brought something that I said was usually in my house, but a lot of times <laughs> with In Your House, I'll bring, like, a dinner that we would have in your house. But it just worked out that last week's item came directly from Chattanooga, and this week's item comes directly from Tennessee. Doing what I do, I looked up what the hell is popular in, in Tennessee, what are you known for, what do you like to eat, what do you like to drink, and all that stuff, what restaurants were founded there. And I came upon a, a popular choice that a lot of people absolutely love. Lots of wrestlers included. Do they? Yeah. All right. See, I didn't even know that much. It was just like, what the hell does Tennessee have? We landed at a, a popular off the highway, off Interstate Choice, and that's specifically why it was created, to give travelers someplace directly off the, uh, the main highways that they could stop and eat. I believe back in the day they used to have fuel stations there as well what i'm talking about is cracker barrel cracker barrel was uh it originates from lebanon tennessee i don't know if that's exactly how they pronounce it in tennessee but that's how i'm pronouncing it here if i'm saying it wrong at me on twitter and or sorry on x and uh let me know that hey it's however the correct pronunciation is but I'm gonna say leave Shane alone he's close enough no I want to hear from you tell me let him know (laughs) that I take it all back but yeah Tennessee is popular for their uh, their barbecue Their of course Nashville hot chicken the the number one food that you must try when you go there is the meat and three which is a, a choice of some sort of meat and three sides Catfish is another popular choice, so I figured we're just gonna merge the uh, The restaurant from Tennessee with a popular food from Tennessee, and we ordered us some uh, Cracker Barrel fried catfish with some hash brown casserole and uh, Mac and cheese I've never had the catfish from Cracker Barrel. I'm not mad at it. It was actually a little better than I was expecting from delivery Cracker Barrel options uh, cracker Barrel was always a place that I didn't spend much time at because it had too many food options, and I was way too picky back then. So the thing I knew I liked from there was okra, and if I ended up going with family, that's typically what I'd eat was like a side of mashed potatoes and a side of okra. Do you guys have any favorite?
1: I don't think I've ever been to a Cracker, cracker barrel. barrel. If I did, I was a child, but I don't think I ever went to a Cracker Barrel. Yeah. I've I been there a couple times for the breakfast.
2: The breakfasts I've had were... Decent. Their little country store is, is fun. It's got lots of odds and ends and games and old timey stuff and big ass rocking chairs. Me and my wife go on Thursday
0: nights quite often that's when they do their turkey dressing.
2: Okay. So I didn't know that was a weekly thing. I knew they did it holiday time.
0: And then their, their chicken
2: and dumplings are pretty
0: good if you like chicken and dumplings.
1: How could you not?
0: I've actually gotten uh, their steak. Oh, a yeah? couple times, it's they do a pretty good job. I'd say the
2: picture that I saw on the website, I mean, the food all looks good. I've only just been there, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've been to a Cracker Barrel in my in my life, so I might have to go there and, and check out more stuff, because, I mean, they're, they're literally everywhere. Yeah. I'm not mad about it. I'd this order the, the catfish again. Catfish is always delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Need a little hot sauce, but the, you know, squeeze the lemon over the top of it was still just... I know I ate it so fast. I should have grabbed hot
1: sauce. I got hot
2: sauce in there. Let me do what I do.
1: Crunch, crunch.
2: I don't know how crunchy it'll be because it's been sitting here for a few. But we'll at least get a a squishy, a squishy bite of stuff. Actually, I just want catfish. This mac and cheese got cold on me. That's right. All right, here we go. I don't know if that made any noise, but I heard a little something.
1: I heard it. I cringed a little.
2: Well, something that
0: would happen around the same time as this Raw, Vegas Vacation would hit the theater the same weekend.
1: Oh, them Griswolds. You got strong opinions. I've only ever seen parts of this on cable.
2: I will say, of the Griswold Vacation movies, this one is probably my least favorite. It has a lot of memorable moments in it, like the majority of the vacation European vacation Christmas vacation are you
0: including the 2015 s- sequel no
2: okay I honestly I've never watched that one just because the the glory of Griswold's is you gotta have a new you gotta have a new rusty you gotta have a new Audrey but you gotta have people that aren't really well known just yet so Throwing Ed Helms and Christina, I I almost said Aguilera, Applegate into a vacation movie. That's weird. It's not the right, I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't know which character. I think he's Russ. I don't know if she's his wife or if she's Audrey, but... It's the wrong vibe. Yeah, it just, you have somebody too well-known in there, which I love the the, the idea behind it, because I'd said that for the longest time, is they need to make a new vacation movie, but it needs to be one that kind of catches you by surprise, and... Essentially, that's kind of what they did. They they spun it on the rusty side, and then had them travel home to the family or something like that. I don't know. So
1: that one doesn't have.
2: It's got Chevy Chase. Oh. Okay. Beverly yeah, che-
0: Chevy okay, and Beverly, or... Beverly are in the Leslie Mann plays Audrey. Okay. In that
2: one. Yeah. See, those those are two overly well known people. You know, your original Russ was Anthony Michael Hall, and he was still finding himself in Hollywood. Your next one nobody remembers because. He wore a beret in Euro, European Vacation.
1: Is not as memorable as yeah. Vacation or Christmas Vacation. You got vacation.
2: Christmas Vacation with Johnny Galecki before his real stardom on Roseanne and uh, The Big Bang Theory. And then Vegas Vacation with Ethan Embry. Again, he he was a child actor who was finding his footing in Holly, Hollywood. He'd been in the movie Dutch with Ed O'Neill. Love Dutch. I think he'd already done Empire Records by this time. Oh so. yeah, that is him. Yeah. So I, I mean, like, he'd had a, a, now, a couple so of bit parts, exactly. a couple of bit parts that, you know, were memorable, but you know, he was a a fun choice for for Rusty, but as far as the storyline goes, this one is on the lower tier of of the other ones. It's got the return obviously of uh, Randy Quaid. Yep. I um, love Randy Quaid. You've got the return of I can't think of her name. She plays Jenna Maroney on 30 Rock. Uh,
1: Jane Krasinski.
2: Yeah, I always mix her name up for Krakowski, or I think Krakowski is the one from Malcolm in the Middle.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I could have said her last name wrong, but I think her name's Jane. I remember my sister saw her once in East Hampton and said that she had a very ugly baby. (laughs) I thought was rude. My sister's normally not that mean. Wow.
2: (laughs) But it had the return of her as... The Griswold cousin, Randy Quaid's daughter, who, you know, she hadn't been around since the first vacation where she talked about how her daddy said she's the best French kisser. Uh, <laughs> Actually,
0: it's not. Is that on her? It's not Krakowski. It's uh, a lady named Shay Dillon. Okay. I thought she was back for this one. Maybe
1: I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. All I know is that probably a scene where they play roulette. That's all I really remember from mm-hmm. They go to the
2: Hoover Dam and Randy Quaid yeah. asks for some dam bait. And, yeah, there's some...
1: Is this the one where he's like out living in the desert, like cooking stuff on rocks?
2: I think so. And
1: you know, they're like living in like a r- irradiated area. Yes. Of Nevada, yeah. I guess that would make sense. Vegas vacation. I remember that scene, probably because of the Quaid of it all.
2: Yeah, this one. I mean the
1: Quato is Quaid. Sorry. The movie
2: itself. Uh, I was I was never the biggest fan of the Vegas one. You know, Christmas Vacation was. That's the best one. Fantastic. Huh?
0: I mean, if either vacation or Christmas vacation are the two best ones yeah. I mean it's
1: Christmas vacation is just I think Night. because it takes place at Christmas, and there's not a lot of great Christmas movies that like that one automatically gets like it's like, oh well, this is probably the funniest Christmas movie
2: The euro vacation, I like that one, I think just because it became more of a guilty pleasure one because it was the one that was constantly playing on t v yeah, it's got the William Zabka crossover. So, you know, you've got Mr. 80s movie in A Vacation 1 as Audrey's cheating boyfriend. Yeah, it's...
1: Fine. Yeah. It's fine.
2: It's good. It's fun. It's a quintessential cable movie. They were pigs. <laughs> yeah, Vegas vacation. It's fun, but... Eh. You know what I think of first is I think
1: of Sunday afternoon on Comedy Central is Vegas vacation to me. It's like that's where that shit gets slotted in that's where you catch parts of it it's like it's not prime that. time where the it gets thrown on Sunday afternoon maybe even in a probably not even in a vacation marathon because they didn't want to pay for the rights for the two most popular
2: movies like old Russ becomes Nick Papa Giorgio I think that's his alter ego so he can gamble in the his, casinos because he's the story arc of the movie 15 years later he's still only a teenager <laughs> It you know has that whole Simpsons effect to it.
1: Yeah, I do like that about it. It's like it's a different person, but they're not that much older.
2: And it definitely has the most forgettable Audrey. I know. I always forget that it's Marisol Nichols. I don't even
1: know who that is. Yeah, I had to look her up because uh,
2: Riverdale, one of the moms.
1: Okay.
2: She played like Veronica's mom. Yeah, or Veronica's something? mom. Yeah. Wow.
1: Okay, I think I know Veronica's mom is I watched like a little bit of the first season of that show like it's kind of like Twin Peaks and then I watched the first season and stopped but uh (laughs) Machen and Mick was in it that's the only reason I that's the only mom I know but that's because I've watched Twin Peaks too many times (laughs) she's not famous for anything else well let's move on it's time just a Monday Night Raw let's do it
0: and Jim Ross welcomes us to the show joined by Jerry the King Lawler and we go straight to our first match. Psycho Sid <gasps> versus Brett, the hitman heart. Oh shit. For the WWF Championship.
1: I know, something smelled funny. I was like, first match? They're putting this on top? Okay.
0: So both men are staring each other down. When Stone Cold Steve Austin rolls into the ring and begins to brawl with Brett, yeah, oh as my God. Sid just looks on. Officials get them separated only for Psycho Sid to start hammering away on Stone Cold. So Austin responds by chop-blocking Sid's knee from behind. Oh, that and is he big selling?
1: does he sell it? Does Sid sell that knee? Yeah, he does.
0: The hitman's back to brawling with Stone Cold as Psycho Sid's clutching his knee, yelling, Damn it! Until officials can get Austin out of the ring. Sid acts like he's ready to go, but the ref, Calls off the match.
1: I mean, Sid does a great job of selling, like, yo, I'm I'm going to fight through the pain, you seem serious about it, but they won't let it happen.
0: JR then sends us to highlights of last week's Raw, where Shawn Michaels is shown giving his lost-his-smile speech.
1: Cry me a river.
0: Before we get <laughs> highlights of In Your House Final Four, we see, we see some of the match in still photo form, because not getting video packaged. I mean,
1: tomorrow night, they're probably going to be selling the replay, right? That's
0: right. We then go to the locker room. Kevin Kelly is there with Psycho Sid. And he starts yelling that nothing and no one will prevent him from finishing his destiny and becoming the WWF champion. Because he's the man and master and ruler of the world. Finish the story, Sid. Finish the story. Kevinson says the match will happen tonight, but what kind of condition is
1: Sid's leg?
0: Before we head to commercial, only to come back to see a Husker outside of the arena.
1: A real street performer?
0: Who Lawler asks if that's the Honky Tonk Man.
2: Ooh. Low blow. A Husker, huh? Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, when you're playing out on the streets. Okay. Husking.
2: It's
1: called, yeah, I think that's right.
2: Busking know. to the beat. Oh, Was it busking? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I only, I only. He just said husker, and yeah. like I'm from Nebraska, so I was like, wait, a husker? What? <laughs> the only reason I realized
1: it was busker because Shane asked the question. I was like, oh, Matt was close enough that I would never would have realized. <laughs> but I think it's called busking. I don't know. There either way, go. either it's way, a street performer trying to get a few coins and/or dollars. We
0: then go to our second match: Wildman Mark Marrow with Sable versus Savio Vega. With Clarence Mason, Crush, and the Nation of Domination. Oh, Crush. And we get highlights of Marrow and Sable's more aggressive side in the past few weeks, where she's kicked The Undertaker on an episode of Superstars while slapping Leaf Cassidy on In Your House. Savio starts it off with right hands and turnbuckle smashes until Wildman delivers several arm drags and a dropkick. That sends Vega out to the floor. The Wild Man then falls out with a somersault plancha onto Savio and Crush, before hitting a double Naga knocker on them as well, before returning to the ring to continue the attack, only to run into a roundhouse kick. Vega with chokes and a spinning heel kick, but the Wild Man fires back with a leaping forearm for a two count. Savio responds with a clothesline and chops, as Ross tells us that Ahmed Johnson was just released from a Lowell, Massachusetts hospital where he had been since the previous Thursday. Because I guess he got hurt on the Raw oh. the previous Thursday.
2: Did Savio do it? Do we know? Probably. Oh. The damn nation. Yeah, they gotta Hold get on.
1: initiated into the nation.
0: Mero again fires up with punches and mounted punches, only for Vega to hot-shot the wild man on the turnbuckle followed by a snap suplex and tossing marrow out to the floor. And one of the rappers in the Nation of Domination starts stomping away on the wild man when Sable would come over to start kicking him to protect her man. Savio would roll marrow back in and go for a splash in a corner, only for the wild man to move, followed by a back body drop and a Samoan drop. Now while this is happening, the Nation of Domination starts to close in on Sable Uh outside of the ring.
1: So she gets for standing by her man.
0: So she jumps in the ring to escape their grasp, causing the ref to call for a disqualification, even though she literally did nothing except for jump in and roll through the ring to the other side.
1: That's how it used to be. Mm-hmm. Someone else that gets in the ring that's not in the match, they ring the bell. But it's the ref's discretion, guys.
0: Post match, Mero and Sable are being cornered when Ahmed Johnson, in a pink sweatsuit would hit the ring with his two by four to clear the ring
1: I know but the crowd's hot for Ahmed Johnson it's high energy they're happy to see him
2: Ahmed looks serious it's just a shame that looks all serious in his pink
1: sweats yeah but the face he does so much (laughs) with his face he looks like such an angry man Uh
0: so I have a bit of a sad note here Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. I believe it was on the plancha out of the ring but it might have been on the night before. Not quite sure, because he d- he was limping around um, on the pay-per-view. Uh, the Wildman would tear his ACL. Oh, no! And will be gone for the next eight months.
1: And there goes Wildman Mark Merrow's career in the WWF. as stable gets pushed while he's gone, I imagine.
2: Probably Foreshadowing? I mean, I'm just getting something
1: to say. I mean, we've been... Uh, I've always heard people shit on Mark Mero over and over again, and he's the guy that has put in the time and gotten better and better. And I think he's a great performer, and uh, it's a shame to know yeah. that this is he where that He I know, and I think he I think he did a good job in WWE, but he didn't quite get to. A
2: fully spread his wings and go quote-unquote wild, but... No, but I mean, he was.
1: they're gearing up for a heel turn and there goes his knee, and there goes his career, unfortunately. Hate to see it.
0: So we go to commercials, but we come back to what just happened moments ago, before going to the back with Bret Hart. And the hitman believes he needs to keep his eyes open for Austin, saying everybody is contenders, but that is all they are saying, bring it on with the possibility of facing The Undertaker at WrestleMania 13.
1: Brought to you by PlayStation.
0: (laughs) So we go to our third match. Leaf Cassidy versus Rocky Maivia for the WWF Intercontinental Championship with Sonny as a special timekeeper. That's interesting.
1: She comes out wearing very little to put a boa around Rocky Maivia's neck.
0: And we're shown highlights of Rocky winning the belt on the previous Raw. And we haven't seen Sonny since In Your House 10, which was episode 221.
1: Wow, it really has been a couple months, huh?
0: A little bit. I was wondering. And the match gets going, it's back and forth, until Maivia clotheslines Leaf over the ropes to the floor, followed by a crossbody and arm drags once Cassidy's back in. And Rocky works the arm as we go to double screen to hear from Hunter Hearst Helmsley, who calls Mayavia the luckiest punk in the world. Triple H continues that Rocky couldn't beat him again, and that Hunter gets what he wants. Ross then asks him about Gold Dust, with Triple H saying that they have a score to settle, and if he finds him, the golden one is all mine. Now while this was happening, Leaf has taken over control with an Insiguri and a clothesline for a two-count before multiple kicks and working the arm of Rocky with holds. Cassidy telegraphs a back body drop, allowing Maivia to nail a sunset flip for a near fall. An inside cradle for a two count, but Leaf runs Rocky shoulder first into a turnbuckle, followed by a hammerlock DDT to continue the punishment on the shoulder. Cassidy hits a body slam and heads up top for a single sledge to the top of Maivia's head for a near fall. Leaf with another body slam, heading up top once more, but this time Rocky meets him in the corner to press slam him down, followed by a series of right hands as a fan taunts the king with an ECW rules sign. Now Maivia heads up top to fly off with the crossbody, but he doesn't make the cover, instead picking up Cassidy to
2: deliver a shoulder breaker for the pin and, and the win. win. Totally forgot that Rock's finishing move used to be a shoulder breaker.
1: Also, you know, it's like he had him there. They're making the Rock look strong. He could have pinned him with the crossbody. Mm-hmm. Shoulder breaker. I mean, that's a little a little heelish. Yeah, but, you know. he's 6'5".
2: You don't want to be locked into a, a crossbody. Nah. No.
0: Post-match, Lawler grabs the ECW sign away from the fan, saying that 99% of people have never heard of ECW. Comparing it to Escape from New York, where thugs, misfits, and has-beens who couldn't make it in the WWF go, before challenging them to come to Raw the very next week.
1: It's also yeah. funny too, because like while he's shitting on it, it sounds like he's selling it to people.
0: I mean, that's a good heel promo. Is
1: no, it's great. Yeah, it's you no. Know, he does an incredible job, but like you know, it's <laughs> like he's obviously selling it yeah. while shitting on
2: it. Did you like Escape from New York? Yeah. Tune in next week. We got some thugs and mixed bits.
1: We all know you love trash, you fucking (laughs) monsters.
0: We go to commercials before returning to Kevin Kelly in the ring. And he introduces Goldust and Marlena, showing the Golden One distracting Triple H the previous night in still photo form, costing him the match. Goldust says that things are now personal between he and Hunter. And the only way Triple H will be able to get close to Marlena is over his dead body. Marlena then chimes in that the Golden One is a man from head to his toes. When Hunter would run down to throw water in Goldust's face before attacking him. (laughs) Triple H nails the pedigree so Marlena slaps Hunter. When the muscular woman from the previous night would jump in the ring to attack her. Just shaking her around like a ragdoll.
2: This crazy rabid fan is back for more.
1: It's a perfect size difference, too. Mm -hmm. Because Marlena is such a slight human. And this unnamed woman is very large that when yeah she ragdolls her, it does look violent.
0: Security and officials finally are able to separate them before the Golden One carries Marlena to the back in his arms. So we head to our fourth match. The Hardy Boys of Matt and Jeff Hardy versus the Headbangers of Mosh and
1: Thrasher. The Headbangers. I know. I was like, I don't know which one is Mosh and which one is Thrasher. He is the Mosh. I am Thrasher.
2: (laughs) Mosh, I believe, was the bigger one. Okay. I think. I believe you. So we haven't seen the Hardys. Since they were
0: opening the doors at King of the Ring 95, no episode way. 155. I forgot about that. And Thrasher, when he was Glenn Ruth on Monday Night Raw, July 19th, 1993, episode 96.
1: I'm trying to remember. Got a jobber
2: glow-up. Glenn Ruth, was he a, Was he just a jobber in a match? Or was yeah. he Okay. Yeah. I don't know if he was you know, somebody that was
0: a special and, legal counsel. I think episode 95 was... It was one of the first ECW shows. I want to say it was the Battle of the Belts, where he was the Spider.
1: Uh, oh, that's right. Because he
0: like did like two episodes like real close together,
2: but he was a jobber.
1: I'm a Mosh. I got to double check spider. just to make sure.
2: I'm thinking, yeah, Mosh was the, the shorter, thicker one.
0: Yeah. So the Headbangers attack before the bell beating down the Hardee's until Jeff comes back with a leaping clothesline on Mosh. The Hardies are making quick tags, keeping the pressure on when we go to split screen to Farouk and the Nation of Domination in the back. And the militant says that Ahmed doesn't know what it's like to live on the streets followed by challenging him to a Chicago street fight.
1: Bom, bom, bom. Hopefully that means we'll be in Chicago and they are just calling something a Chicago street fight.
0: Mosh with a power slam and a second rope clothesline on Matt when we come back to the action before Thrasher nails a -a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker and tosses Matt out to the floor. Mosh with a springboard forearm to Matt once he's back on the apron to take him down again, rolling him in for double-team stomps and chokes in a corner. Thrasher then hits a body slam as JR tells us that the WWF championship match is next, followed by the headbangers, hitting a spike brain buster. Mosh with another body slam. Thrasher goes for an elbow drop, only for Matt to move and leap to the corner for the
1: hot tag-ish tag. Tag.
0: Jeff with drop kicks to everyone, but gets destroyed by a clothesline by Mosh, followed by the headbangers hitting a powerbomb-leg drop combo for the pin and
1: and the the win. win. I will say... Everybody worked hard. Mm-hmm. Headbangers tossed around some Hardy Boys. Some of that stuff looked stiff.
0: And I'd like to tell you that the we'll get to see the Hardy Boys as a regular occurrence. No, of course not. Not yet. But literally the next time we'll see them is 1999.
1: Yeah, yeah. I figured 98 will be earliest. here in no time. Yeah. No time at all. <laughs> no time at all. <laughs> Who shows up first, them or the brood? brood? Or is it just kind of the same time? I think, is... Brood is, Think the brood
0: is first yeah.
1: god damn the brood intro gang i was hoping i'm was hoping i mean honestly it's a good thing that they weren't like well we have edge and christian let's bring gang in but like that would just lower their star name in aew okay, they don't have
2: the edge game. and christian yeah. they've got adam, christian cage and christian adam, cage, adam copeland, yeah, adam know, copeland.
1: they're edge and christian guys yeah they just like they don't have Daniel Bryan. They have Bryan Danielson. <laughs> mm-hmm. right.
2: They got Adam Cole instead of might no, that doesn't work.
1: <laughs> They've got Adam Cole instead of <laughs> They got Adam Cole and
2: Roderick Strong instead of the Undisputed
0: Era. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to commercial as we see Sid prepare for his match. But when we come back, we head to the ring for our fifth match. Yeah. Psycho Sid versus Brett, the hitman heart. For the WWF Championship, Sid makes his way down to the ring as Ross shows us what happened earlier in the evening with Austin attacking before the match could start. And we come back from the footage with Brett making his way from his locker room to the ring when Stone Cold would attack him out of nowhere.
1: Oh my gosh. My God, gosh. We're on WWF television. Psycho
0: Sid would run backstage to get into the middle of it. Sid got back there
1: Past. Ooh, he was sweaty and pissed already. It was
0: almost <laughs> like you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. With officials, including Vince McMahon, yeah, separating all three men as we go to commercial again. Damn, Austin. We come back to see the footage from before the commercial, before going to Kevin Kelly, who is with President Gorilla Monsoon in the back. And Gorilla guarantees... The title defense will happen tonight, (laughs) because they don't tease something and not deliver. Ouch. Shots fired. But also wish someone would have reminded Vince of this sometime in the mid-2010s.
1: Yeah. It's alright. His brain was a little meltier then.
0: So we go to our sixth match. Flash Funk with the Funkettes versus Owen Hart with Clarence Mason.
2: Flash, you're just too funky for me.
1: Yeah, and the intro is long, but at least the pearls are hot. Okay. Yeah. doesn't (laughs) apply to everybody.
0: So Owen comes out with both tag team championship belts, as JR tells us that Marlena is headed to the hospital, as she's coughing up blood. Oh
1: my
2: goodness. She
0: popped an implant.
1: It comes out your throat? (laughs) I don't know.
0: We then see the footage from the Royal Rumble and In Your House, where Hart and British Bulldog have had some miscommunications. Before we get athletic reversals to start us off, until Flash takes control with a dropkick and an arm drag into an arm lock. But Owen fires back with a clothesline and goes for an elbow drop, which Funk avoids, leading the two to both try dropkicks at the same time. And a phone call comes in to speak to Lawler. Oh. And it's Paul Heyman.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: He says he will be at the Manhattan Center the next week, along
2: with some of his ECW wrestlers. So we don't have instant replay, but we have conference calls available on air, huh?
1: Absolutely. Well, oh, instant gotcha. replay. They have instant replay, just not instant replay rule. Where you can't, you can't um, be like, oh, well. Can't change the match. Can't change the, the call yeah. because of it.
0: So meanwhile, our competitors go into a test of strength. Yeah. Which leads us to each man hitting a monkey flip. When Flash would nail a thrust kick. Funk runs into a boot in the corner, allowing Hart to charge out with a clothesline, and looks to put the sharpshooter on when mason would get on the apron distracting owen allowing flash to cradle him up for a two count and hart goes to argue with clarence like dude what are you doing so funk drop kicks him out of the ring followed by a top rope crossbody now davy boy smith comes out and he starts yelling at mason as well sending him to the back as our competitors roll back in as we go to commercial And we come back to the action with the two men fighting over a backslide penitent that gets a near fall for flash only for owen to respond with a bridging german suplex for a two count hart keeps up the attack with a leg drop and an overhead belly-to-belly suplex for a near fall as we go to stone cold in the back to talk about Bret hart and austin says that monsoon thinks he is this close to going over the edge But Stone Cold says he's already there, reiterating that he won the Rumble. So there never should have been the Final Four match.
1: Austin has like a, because like he's going to get over as like a cool badass, but right now he's a little snotty and comes off as like a too charged up guy that works at like a like tire shop. You know what I mean? It's like what the fuck are you complaining about dude <laughs> Just get back to work But that's why he's getting booze But his consistency And uh, the bad ass of it all Will bubble to the top But he does feel like a petulant child But a petulant child that will kick your ass Which is why he's a problem
0: Austin continues That Shawn Michaels quit So it should make him the WWF champion And that's The bottom line But this organization keeps holding me back, because I'm not full of glitz and glamour. Stone Cold then finishes that he's opening up a whole keg of whoop-ass, and serving it up to everybody. Because that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold
1: said so. I know I'm 10-15 to minutes late sometimes, but the boss is an idiot, I should have his job.
0: Now, during this interview, Owen stays in control with a neck breaker, a second rope elbow drop, and a gut wrench suplex for a two count. Funk then avoids a charge into a corner, causing Hart to crotch himself, allowing Flash to fire up with a back body drop, a body slam, and a crossbody off the top for a near fall. Funk continues with a corner splash, a body slam, before he heads up top for the moonsault. For the pin! And no! Watch. Owen kicks out. Close. Flash starts running the ropes when Bulldog would hit him with the slammy in the back. Slammy number two! Allowing Hart to connect with a spinning heel kick. For the pin!
2: And, and the win. win!
0: Post-match, Owen doesn't understand
2: what Davey Boy's up to as they argue their way to the back. Davey's holding belts. He's holding the slammy. Oh, and just like give me my fucking slammy, cause you just broke the last one.
1: I mean, but he came out to help. He did, but give me my fucking slammy. Yeah, it's good stuff. I feel like WWF. Vince is in the back, so the storytelling is I feel stronger. But it's they're overdoing split screen when I could have been watching two guys work. But they're still, but they're doing a great job of storytelling. So it's like the balance of that where I'm like, but I like to see a little more from Funk and Owen Hart, Flash Funk and Owen Hart, because these guys seem to have chemistry. They both can move. I know it's only on television, and it's probably not a big angle. I just but like the... how
2: you're sticking with your I gotta call him Flash because <laughs> Funk sounds wrong.
1: It does sound <laughs> wrong. But, yeah.
0: So we get a WrestleMania 13 commercial Ooh. where we see black and white highlights of wrestlers while narration tells us that every great athlete aspires to perform on the ultimate stage. A place where men defy mortal boundaries and emotions pour forth unrestrained. A place where dreams become reality and memories are indelibly etched in the annuals of time. And when you've succeeded at this level, they don't just call you great. They call you legend. Order now. or. Watch along with us in about six weeks
1: or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very funny. uh, So highfalutin and (laughs) serious.
0: We go to our seventh match. Hunter Hurst Helmsley versus Bart Gunn. And JR shows us footage of the Amazon woman choking out Marlena from the night before.
1: They refer to her as an obsessed fan.
0: Followed by the incident from earlier in the episode before going to commercial. And we come back to Honky Tonk Man joining commentary for the match Yay. as he's looking for someone to manage. Now Triple H is out at ringside, so Ross takes the opportunity to ask him about who the woman is, with him responding that he doesn't know who the woman is.
1: Hey, I mean, you know, maybe he didn't get enough sleep.
0: So Hunter then gets in the ring to get the match started, with Gunn taking Triple H down with a shoulder block. Bart works the arm until he nails a drop kick and an arm drag to go back into the arm lock to continue the punishment. Hunter escapes with a back elbow, but misses a charge, allowing Gunn to grab the arm once more. Again, Triple H escapes, delivering a jumping knee to Bart, when Goldust would come running down to the ring, causing Hunter to run out and into the crowd. So the ref calls for the count-out, making Bart Gunn your winner.
1: You heard it. Yep, yeah, I mean, Bart Gunn still looks good. We gave him praise last week. But he gets in some good offense, but he hasn't done anything yet. But
2: they're at least let him do some power moves. I mean, he's he's in the history books now with the win over <laughs>
1: Triple, Triple H. Moving him up the rankings. I mean, yep. his, yeah, his biggest win will come
2: in, what, 98, 99? Triple H is going to have that one last match return 10 years from now. Oh, wow. Bart's going to walk through the curtain. There's one man you've never beaten all these years. I think the last
1: couple times Triple H got <laughs> in the ring, uh, he had to get surgery. So I <laughs> can't imagine he'll be doing much in 10 years. These matches are still happening. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We go to commercial, but when we come back, we get an interview with Doctor James Andrews, Mm -hmm. who is a real doctor, and he is the guy who does a lot of Tommy John surgeries on like baseball players. Okay, so he's like a Tommy John, basically the ligament in your. Uh, It's basically ACL surgery on your elbow. For so like after a guy named Tommy John, yes, okay. Tommy John was the a pitcher for the Yankees who. Basically, was kind of the first person that they did the surgery on, and
2: And successfully, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's a whole cool thing to have named after you. Absolutely. Instead
1: of like some horrific disease like Lou Gehrig. Yep.
0: (laughs) So the doc gives an update on the heartbreak kid, saying that his injury is about five years old. Oh no. But he will not need surgery at this time, and instead will be undergoing rehab for the next four to six weeks. Five years old, huh? Yeah.
2: No. So when could it have happened?
0: So that would make it like 92 ish. So
2: he was. So it was Tito's fault. It was that match at WrestleMania against <laughs> El Nadador. Was that 92? Yeah, it was 92. That was WrestleMania 8. Yeah. It wasn't a tag? Nope. Oh. It was Sean's first singles match nice. at Mania.
1: Opening
0: match of WrestleMania.
1: Don't remember it? But I've watched it. <laughs> if you'd like to hear what I thought about it. Find WrestleMania 2 on our feed? Eight. 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 Sorry. <laughs> 92. There you go. My so mistake.
0: So we then get our eighth match. Psycho Sid versus Brett, the Hitman heart. But are we really going to get it this For time? the WWF Championship. Deja vu.
1: Third time's a charm.
0: So we get the footage from both Austin incidents from earlier in the evening. But we go to commercial after both men have made their way to the ring.
1: Modern production.
0: We come back to the bell ringing and the match is on. Brett goes right to work with a knee to the gut, stomping away in the corner. But Sid reverses it to hammer away with four arms and a double axe handle across the back. The hitman fights back to deliver a side Russian leg sweep. But Psycho Sid regains control with a short arm clothesline. Sid continues with stomps and right hands, but Hart nails a headbutt to the stomach, followed by a backbreaker and second-rope forearms across the back. The two men keep going back and forth, working over the back of the other with headbutts and forearms, until Psycho Sid hits a backbreaker of his own for a two-count. Sid continues with chokes and more stomps, but Brett changes the momentum by going after the knee that was hurt earlier in the evening with kicks and elbows. Before wrapping it around a ring post. Posted. The hitman then locks on a figure four. As we go to commercial. With Psycho Sid screaming in pain. Foot action featuring the air flight turbulence from Nike. Brings you the foot action rewind. (laughs) And we get footage of the final four match. Where Undertaker would kick a chair into Vader's face. Causing him to be busted open. Gnarly. We come back to the action in the ring where Hart continues to work the knee until Sid reverses a whip, sending Brett hard into a corner, bouncing out into a clothesline. Psycho Sid nails a leg drop for a near fall before a body slam and coming off the second rope with another leg drop for a two count. Sid then goes for a choke slam, but the hitman escapes with a poke of the eyes before charging at Psycho Sid, who moves, causing Hart to crotch himself. On the ropes.
1: Oof. And there's been, I mean, Sid got a big pop on that last that last comeback. There was some cheers and jeers for him. Mm-hmm. Fans, there's still fa- Sid fans out there.
0: Sid delivers several clubbing blows to the back before charging in himself to be back body dropped out to the floor. When Stone Cold would run in from the crowd, only for Psycho Sid to beat him down on the floor. Sid would return to the ring with a sunset flip, only for Brett to roll through and lock on the sharpshooter. Oh my gosh. Austin would jump on the apron with a chair, whacking the hitman over the head, breaking up the submission, and allowing Psycho Sid to powerbomb Hart for the pin and
1: and the win.
0: win. And you! Postmatch Sid celebrates with the crowd when Dom Undertaker walks to the ring for a stare down with Psycho Sid. Holy shit, holy shit. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Monday Night Raw from february seventeenth, nineteen ninety seven?
1: pretty sick that sid won i mean uh really didn't expect it he's still over he's still getting chance and cheers the austin thing may have been almost overdone here but after sid pins him it's not overdone anymore now it's just like there's a fucking blood feud between these guys that doesn't involve the belt even at this point which yeah like the my big takeaway is like they're they're really doing it everywhere there's big angles everything's angles and they're all pretty strong granted the biggest angle is around the title belt so they've got their priorities in check
2: yep not a bad show the austin chaos i enjoyed cool to see matt and jeff because i wasn't expecting them
1: no not at all
2: I'm trying to think what of about what the else. Headbangers, are you not excited to see? Oh yeah, the I mean, I I enjoy my headbangers.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I was excited or surprised, but as wasn't a, upset about it.
2: As a, a, a 19-year-old gay kid, I was I was a fan of the the headbangers.
1: You like their their goth vibes?
2: Oh, there was something that stood out about Mosh to me for ever. <laughs> Thrasher always kind of reminded me of, you know, just incredible later on, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was an okay show. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it, it lays the, the groundwork for WrestleMania, which is what it should do. And, uh, yeah, now we, we know what our... Well, depending on how soon it is, I can't remember how soon WrestleMania happens after this, but we know that it's going to be Taker versus Sid. Well, unless, it's
1: February, so we still got a couple months. Yeah,
2: unless something were to happen before then, which, as we're seeing with the... The current game of hot potato, anything is possible. Yeah, there's like Austin, Brett, Sid, Taker,
1: and then Vader's on the lower end of like, but he, but you could still see him with the belt. But like, there's all there's all these guys feel like viable champions, especially after Sid scoops it right off of Brett like the next day. So it's like, oh well, it could be any of the five guys. Nights. How often does it feel like that in any company? That's a pretty special thing.
0: The only interesting things on this show is the title stuff. Stone Cold, Brett, Sid. You know, yeah. that's, that's the focus of the show, which is fine. Because it, it does make the show interesting mm-hmm. and kept my attention. Maybe a little bit of the sprinkling of Triple H's Mystery Woman. Yeah. That we're building that storyline as well the rest of the show like there there's no matches really and what matches we do get are all broken up by interviews in yeah. the middle of them yeah. which is unfortunate you know cuz i mean for oh, what what, what was Navy. there was decent yeah you know?
2: but the
1: entering work that was allowed yeah was exactly. was uh, acceptable to good
2: good where where's the smart marks at there.
1: all
0: right fuck you i think it's time we smart it up what are some of the best moments of the show?
1: I mean, Sid still getting cheers, and winning really warmed the cockles of my heart. Austin saying, fuck
2: everything, this is my show. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this
1: is... this is, He opened a can of wool ass
0: A keg. Yeah. This is Austin? that's right. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't
2: just a can, it was a whole keg. Yep. Yeah. This
1: was Austin's show for sure. Oh, I yeah. mean, like, almost to a fault, because it almost felt comical by the end of the show. But it's working. It's, but it's working, so that's why like, I can't complain about it. Yeah. Or I I wouldn't.
0: The ECW stuff with Lawler. Yeah. It worked for me. Yep.
1: Lawler did a great job.
0: We're, we're not going to watch the next draw, but ECW does show up. It's the ECW Invasion show.
2: I might just have to watch it for fun, because it's been a while since I've seen it.
0: I think the biggest thing with the ECW Invasion is that they don't do a whole lot of ECW versus WWF matches. I don't actually I don't think there's any on at least on that first show. It's literally ECW guys facing each other just at Raw. Yeah.
1: Weird. Would ECW guys get matches?
0: Yeah. I believe I think Dreamer and Taz both get matches.
1: Okay.
2: I, I mean, can't it, remember, but I can't imagine There was a time when Rob Van Dam showed up while he was still in ECW, but I don't yeah. know if it's this one or if they have another
1: But that makes sense. Like, can you I can't I imagine the thing is Band. there's
0: another Raw Invasion or another Yeah, yeah another Raw Invasion like Later
2: on, okay, that might be the one okay. I'm thinking of. I just
1: can't imagine. Sandman they were referring on to Raw.
2: RVD at the time already as Mr. Monday Night. Yeah, that was much later yeah. than.
1: Was that was that uh, setting up for Barely Legal or something? Or not Barely? Legal, what was it called? Uh, one Night Stand. I can't remember, but honestly, probably. One, one Night, night stand. Next, Great The show. next
2: time they come around, I swear that Lawler is kind of behind their invasion or uh-huh. in support of it. Yeah, let's see here.
0: Big Stevie Cool faces Little Guido. Taz faces Mikey. Ooh, Tommy faces d But, mm. so they show up, they have matches in the Manhattan Center, but they don't really, other than Lawler, I don't think they really interact with the WWF people at all.
1: So it's essentially just like a live tryout, almost. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's basically...
2: Like, hey, audience, check out these guys. I don't know if... You've heard, but Vince starts
0: writing some checks to, yeah. to Paul E to help... Pay for you know, some rings and ropes and... That kind of stuff. Yeah. Rasslers. I mean, ECW's building towards their first pay-per-view, so they're just trying to get as many eyes on the on product, the product as possible. Yeah. and
1: the plus side of Vince is like, oh, if any of these guys are worth a shit, like, I can pay them. Dibs. Where we know Paul cannot. Smack. Oh, hey, yeah. D-Bone. Oh. <laughs> hey, D-Bone. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Bubba. <laughs> We're, ready, um, we're finally ready for tables on and WWE. And then, yeah,
2: if they were doing a, a full-on invasion, then you'd have to figure out you know, yeah, who, yeah. who's going to take a win, who's going to take a pin.
1: It's going to work for Vince yeah. is what it's what it's going to be, and that's uh, what, yeah. what they did. But it probably gave ECW a chance to rubble. survive, even though they really
2: never paid the bills. And, like, out of all those, Stevie versus who... Little Guido. Little Guido. So both of those ended up in WWE. Taz and Mikey. Taz and Mikey. Mikey, those. Mikey
0: was in WCW. Yeah. And then uh Devon and Tommy. Yeah, and they both ended both up in WWF. Yep.
1: Yeah. Sorry Mikey. I never realized that Tommy worked WWF.
0: I mean, it
2: was after ECW closed.
1: Yeah.
0: He never made the crossover until after it
1: was
2: closed. Yeah, yeah he's uh infamous for drinking Taker's uh, spit can. Woah. Ringside, more than a couple times.
1: Really disgusting. Yep.
2: How about most disappointing on this show? Did
0: <sighs> the start and stop stuff bother you guys at all? To an extent.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: people. it. I, mean, I think if they had made it to the ring the second time and like gone through a hole and then Austin runs out to the ring... It would have
1: been too much. It
0: would have been too much, yep. but attacking him in the back... It worked for me. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, I get, like I said, all th- all said and done with Sid winning, like, I think that that I don't have an issue with it, but it did get kind of old. I was like, okay, okay. But then the end result erased any of the sins. Yeah. Because it amounted to something. Whereas if Brett kept the title, it would have been like, Jesus Christ. What was the point of this?
0: Mark Mara
2: hurting himself. Yeah. Yeah, him that's hurting a huge himself. Bummer. Sonny's. Lincoln, you miss it. Appearance, you know, she's kind of fallen from her, her one high it, perch.
0: It, it seems like they want to put her with Rocky, but
2: I well, she's 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 a gold digger, so he's he's the the new guy yeah, with gold. True. I so. think the thing
1: is that like I assume they're already ha- like having issues with her, so they're just like instead of they're just testing the waters, and then instead of throwing her with him, because like if she was a model employee, I feel like they would just strap her to him but she still looks great she comes out wearing barely nothing Mm
2: -hmm. she can talk she's she's not done by any means but she's just had a a big fall from where she was which i guess can be a good or a bad thing because too much of someone can be overbearing and then not enough you forget about them as we'll see rocky is getting
1: uh cheered here won't be too long before people are (laughs) asking him to uh die yep
0: About best performer of the night.
1: Oh
0: I mean sold really well. I'm gonna give a hot take here. Let's hear it. I don't think that Sid and Brett have great chemistry. No.
1: No, I don't think so either.
0: I thought the match was very disjointed. Like it was fine. Yeah. But the match felt very disjointed, especially at the beginning. Like there was no flow at the very beginning of the match. Yeah.
2: I can see that. Yeah,
1: I think Sid did a good job character-wise.
2: I mean, Austin, this was his show. Yeah.
1: It was. It's hard to like put anybody else above him considering the incredible character work he's done here and the fact that really nobody got to do anything else on this show in a real way, the exception of Steve Austin.
2: Yep, Steve Austin, and then I'll throw Lawler a little love just because of his ECW involvement, him pimping them out the way that he did.
1: Yeah. In a way that it was effective. That very rare very few people could condemn and promote something at the same time. Jerry Lawler is the guy to do it.
0: I might go with the Amazon woman. Yeah.
1: That rag dolling
0: of Marlena was <laughs> oof, was uh it was hard to watch. It was very hard to watch. Yeah, I was
2: like, "Ooh, man." It, like, it did the job. Seen that yeah. one several times and yeah, she she shakes her around and it's it's a uh, We've made comments in the past about bear hugs gone wrong and how you know, it's <laughs> a small guy shouldn't do it to a bigger person and you know the size advantage really plays off on it. Yep. And
1: the size difference here is perfect. perfect. Yeah, totally. Marlena either needs to go to a chiropractor or she's going to cancel her appointment after that spot.
2: <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't have to lift anything heavy at work.
0: How about most surprising? <clears throat>
1: I mean, Hardy's.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was good to see them. Yeah. I mean, I knew about the ECW invasion happening at some point. I just wasn't for sure where it fell, but I wasn't expecting until you had sent that text about the Hardy showing up. I wouldn't have expected to see them there. Sid has a win over Brett. No. I mean, that was the right thing
1: to do. It really <laughs> was. That was like the most surprising thing outside of the Hardys. But then like in hindsight, it's like, well, if they didn't do that. Then they didn't do Austin any favors.
2: Well, that and then the the surprising thing was the Austin interference. Each time it was as hot or hotter than the time before yeah. that. You know, instead it of it did build and didn't people away, getting yeah. bored with it or whatever. Every time it happened because they changed it up the way that they did it, the crowd went batshit crazy. Absolutely, because you can just feel the the energy between those two. You need to. Get him in a ring and make history.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they've done, they've built it well. Austin and Brett had a great singles match and fucked him at the Rumble. And uh, they've just been rolling it out since, but with other people involved in a good way. Mm -hmm. To keep them apart from each other and get it it to a uh, fever pitch before we do it again.
0: And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. the dusty finish. Bret Hart had won the WWF Championship a few months prior and was making his way to WrestleMania nine in Las Vegas, Nevada on April 4th, 1993 to face his biggest opponent yet. Yogozuna, born 1966 into a family full of wrestlers as his uncles were the Wild Samoans, Afa and Sika, who would train him From an early age yoko would spend time in japan and mexico before his first major exposure in the united states was in the awa where he was given credit for breaking greg gagne's leg ending his career zuno would debut in the wwf in october of 1992 under the management of mr fuji and it would immediately rocket to the top winning the 1993 Royal Rumble, followed by being in the first match in Monday Night Raw history. For his accomplishments, Yokozuna would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And after winning the WWF Championship in the desert, he wouldn't have to wait long for his first challenge as a returning megastar would appear. Hmm. Next week, Cyber Slam 1997 Who doesn't love a good internet wrestling convention?
1: Yeah (laughs) I mean, you know I don't know that I would have traveled for it But I'm not really much of a a Signature guy But I'm down to party with ECW It's getting interesting over there They're gearing up for their first pay-per-views So, you know I'd like to think that they're going to Heat some stuff up
0: the music from this week's show is Monday Night Raw by Jim Johnston and Snapped by Jim Johnston as well because we're going to play Psycho SIDS
1: right 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 that's right
0: he won the main event
1: I'm happy to see it
0: if you like this episode or any of our other ones please go out there rate and review us on iTunes Spotify Google Play or wherever you find your podcasts at do as Michael says
1: 655 Yeah, stars, or none at all.
0: And if you have any
2: questions, comments, concerns... Oh, people, 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 people. We're going back to Philly, so you know what that means. I need your help. Drink ideas, food suggestions. If there's some wild, crazy combination of shit that we haven't tried yet that represents Philly or the state of Pennsylvania... Let me know, slide into our DMs, give us a shout out on the old X, and uh, yeah, give me some ideas, cause I'm down to two remaining drinks on the uh, did on we the drink a, list sent by Joe.
1: Did we do a 3D drink?
2: No, but we did a Dudley... Uh, Dudley was one Death of the, Drop or something like that. Oh yeah,
1: I guess that is 3D. I guess that is 3D. Yeah, but I was thinking the 3D is like you take three liquors that start with a D and then pour them into a cup and drink it. <laughs> Di Sorono, and then I was like, I don't know which other ones. So three three an, Ds, one. Cup, it was a Dudley huh? drop kick. <laughs> Dudley drop kick. Okay, but the three d It's like Di which is amaretto, and then I don't know what other things. Doers. To, no doers. Oh Jesus Christ! I won't play <laughs> it out. What's another one?
0: Uh, this doesn't sound like a good
1: combination. <laughs> no, it's not. No. It's if gonna, you have any better, the point combinations, is that it's bad. And Dasani you can email <laughs> us Dr. Pepper and Dr. Pepper there you go you know those fat fucks <laughs> drink Dr. Pepper at
0: WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on X at WrestlingHistoX that's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O X we'll talk to you next week Later.